if you're working like a day job or whatever at like Wendy's or, you know, McDonald's or what, you know, wherever, all you have to do is just figure out a way to supplement that current income. And if you can do that with starting your own business, then it's only upside from there. numbers in this one document here that it's not going to show it on the podcast because it's a listening one, but I can go over them. Yeah. So, um, so uh, as soon as I started, I had my mom post on Facebook and just say like, Hey, my son's starting this business up, you know, he'd do work. And so I got taken advantage of a lot in that first year. Um, just didn't charge enough for jobs just cause I didn't know, you know, I was still figuring it out. And, um, how much were you charging? Uh, well, I mean, I was doing a lot of different jobs. So I was doing like landscaping jobs. I wasn't charging hourly for it, but I was charging like by the job. And so I just misquote things like mulch jobs and stuff where I was, I was eating the cost of mulch plus, you know, I'd I'd include it plus with labor. It's like my first month in March, I did this, uh, I did this landscaping job. uh, This was in 2019. I did it for 300, but I had like a hundred dollars worth of mulch cost and there's like a weed map material that I didn't factor in. So I only made like 160 bucks, but I spent like, you know, six hours on the property. Now that, that would not, uh, that would not. Wait, so like when your mom posted this on Facebook, like was it family and friends that were, that thought they could like, they could get a discount from you or. No, it was just people that would just like take advantage of me because I was younger. I think oh, I, was, okay. I was like 16. I was 16. You were 16 when you started the business. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> Devin, what are we doing, man? <laughs> uh, we got to get into it. Hey, y'all are doing a podcast, man. Y'all got a lot of followers and stuff on Instagram. True, but, I mean, we, we, but like, we haven't made $270,000. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> well, um, so yeah, so if, at first, that's, I just got taken advantage of, as any company really does. Like, if it's early on, they, they just need the work. So, they're willing to really just do work for whatever. And so that's part of, you know, just scaling up is just knowing your worth. Um, so really that first year, my highest month that first year solo was in revenue was 3595 uh, is what it's showing here, which was in June, which is our hottest month in uh, lawn care. It's when the grass is growing the most, uh, at least in Texas. And so that was my best month. In, uh, and that was one, two, three, four. That was four months after I started the company. Um, and originally I didn't start as lawn pal. Uh, I started as Abbott lawn care, which is just my last name. Awesome. So how, how can you change the name? Yeah. So I, I changed the name because I, uh, well, the first year, 2019, I, I went under Abbott lawn care. And then in 2020 on January 1st, I created an LLC with, uh, lawn pal. And the reason I changed it is because, um, if you want to scale any company, you can't have a company attached to your name because then that gives the customer an excuse to ask for the owner. Because like if you have if you've got a lawn care company or really any company that's named after somebody. Is that just for like the lawn mowing business or is that for like all businesses in general? That's really for all businesses in general. Really? Yeah, because, because like, like I've heard like a lot. You ever hear like digital marketing agencies like like those like social media marketing agencies like where they help market like different local businesses, things like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's a lot of people that literally just use their initials, right? So, like, there's this guy, and I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but 
he's like some high school dropout from England. He literally made, I think, around $23 million from the age of 17 to 23 in like those six years or so. And then he called his company IAG Media for Iman. I forgot what his middle name is, but it starts with an A. And then Oh, Gonti. yeah, I've heard of yeah. that guy. Yeah, you yeah, see, so- yeah, you've seen that guy, right? Like, that's insane. So, like, and in his course, like, if you ever looked at just how he did it or how he explains to people how he did it, he's like, well, if you just start off with a simple name where you're literally just using your initials, then you can make that work because I guess you're a sole proprietor. And so it's like, do you, like, do you have anyone working for you or is it just you? Yeah, so I, I've got people working for me. I've got one oh, got full-time it. guy at the moment, and then I just kind of have part-time people just help me that are really mm-hmm. in town for college just whenever needed or if they need the work. Yeah, that's um, really great. But but the but what I was going to say is, yeah, it's probably not – I mean, a social media marketing agency, like, I mean, I'm thinking of like Vayner Media, you know, Gary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So like I for lawn care, at least it, it if you my from the way I saw it, if, if, if I wanted to scale past several trucks, I couldn't keep it at Abbott Lawn Care because then I mean, I could. But I wanted a name that like Lawn Pal that would just flow really easily. And it almost doesn't like it doesn't have an owner attached to it, if that makes sense. So like I wouldn't. I mean, it does look better on the hat. I gotta admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I that's the reasoning why I did switch the name is because I didn't want it attached to me. And when I scaled, I didn't want you know, as you scale up, you you don't the owner doesn't need to be on every single job site, and so you, you kind of have to detach it from your name. At least that's the way that I saw it. And so so far, it's worked out great. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there are businesses that that would be worth it to keep it. Like any gra- really graphic design companies that don't have any, you know, it's just one. It's just the owner working there. You know, it would be worth it to keep your name on it. Um, but yeah. Mm. So then, have you like has anybody else uh, around you like given you like sort of business advice and like how have you kind of been going about? like learning like the world of business through your business. Yeah, definitely. So I have a couple of buddies that I've met over the years in the area that are, um, they're all 20 now, but uh, they're, they're doing basically the same thing I'm doing. They're in different business models though. One of them does, uh, or both of them actually do pressure washing and um, car detailing. And they, we, we meet up all the time. Um, I see them, several times a week and we just always are talking bouncing ideas off of uh things helping each other out too i mean you know referrals and stuff like i don't do pressure washing so I, i'll refer you know if one of my customers is moving you know and i know they need they, they're going to need the service in order to to get everything cleaned up for the pictures of the house i'll refer my buddy who does pressure washing you know and he'll make like 400 bucks 500 bucks off the job and just stuff like that and they do the same for me um, and so, yeah, it's just, we're able to bounce ideas off of each other. And, and I also watch, um, a guy that's does lawn care on, uh, YouTube. He's got a podcast. His name is Mike Andes. Um, and he's scaled to, I think he's got a hundred locations now and, uh, he's just documented his way, um, on YouTube. And so there's like a lot of different, um, case oriented situations that I'll listen to what he has to say on. Um, you know, like if you break a customer's uh, window or something like that, like really minute case oriented situations that like, how should you respond to that? How do you handle it with insurance? Like things like that. 
that's mainly what I've been focusing on now. Oh, like the technical aspects. Exactly. Exactly. Because you have to systematize everything in business um, if you want to scale. And part of it is like uh, even the even hiring employees, you know, you have to have. So like wait, a, you said you want to like turn this into like a huge brand, you're saying? Yes. Yeah. OK. So like a bunch of lawn pals around the country, you're saying like with different offices and stuff? Uh, yeah. So with the with a you're going with the idea of, yeah, once we have the app and everything, um, we would have it set up like Uber. So you could just sign up for there would be like a, a customer side of things. And then there would also be like a, uh, you know, uh, if you wanted to pick up a mower or whatever, and we would do, uh, we would still have locations that like I would own and stuff. But as, as far as to go like over the whole United States, franchising out would be an option. Yeah, we haven't fully solidified the idea yet. So, um, but, you know, that's just the ultimate goal of the company is, yeah, have a bunch of locations. what about like in the off season like when it's like you know october november december those months how do you guys try and remain profitable then well isn't it in texas like it's like the same thing year round so you're fine or no not always so we have a decrease in revenue from the peak season like may june july we've got a decrease in revenue um like uh really from november december january and february so it's four months out of the year We've got a decrease in revenue by about 50%. So we keep all of, we try to keep most of the the yards on a biweekly to monthly basis over the winter, but we do have like leaf removals and stuff, which ends up being a higher ticket average, you know? And so those leaf removal jobs will be anywhere from like 125 to like two, $300. So, um, you know, you just have labor and getting up the leaves. So, like, what's your plan of staying profitable e- even when the seasons change? Like, even, like, if you want to get back to the numbers you have during, like, peak season levels? Um, In order to do that, I'd have to pick up more landscaping jobs, which I've kind of been doing. Um, either that or close on more commercial contracts or the premium, uh, the, the premium package, what we do for – um, like weekly people, and then we move into biweekly over the the winter months. And we still mow. We just make sure the property looks clean. So really, just focusing on reoccurring revenue year round, as opposed to just during the season. Mm-hmm. And um, we've we closed on a we recently just closed on an HOA property. It's going to have 115 homes. We're going to mow every single one of them. And uh, right now we're just mowing 20, and they got a bunch of like HOA common areas that we mow. Um, and so that's going to be biweekly year round. And so that kind of contract will, you know, will boost the revenue. So just focusing on more commercial work, actually. I mean, that's really cool. I didn't know that houses, like, had legit people that were, like, consistent hires, like, where they would just, like, it was someone that would mow their lawn, like, every two weeks or so. That, that's that's crazy. Yeah, you know, and originally in the business, I had run, like, before I started it, you know, my dad was like, I, I don't know how saturated the market's going to be and everything, but... You know, I don't even look at competition as competition, man. There's so much work to do. So, like, why if you were if you were to do something like that, right? Like, let's say you're at peak season level. Like, what if you went around? Like, what what part of Texas do you live in? Uh, Austin, Texas. Just Austin. Is that like up north, or like where is that in Texas? Um, you know, I'm not a. Let me ask. (laughs) 
I mean, like, I'm just saying, if you were to, like, hire a bunch of people and then you were to literally go around just not just Austin, but I guess around the surrounding cities or just around that part of Texas, and you got to, like, literally, like, every single neighborhood, and then you keep booking those contracts, like, you could rake in so much revenue. That That's crazy. Yeah, so uh, that Have is you ever thought of that? the hope. Yeah, that's yeah. essentially the hope, yeah. And so we're kind of – that's kind of why we're, we're doing that rebrand that I was telling you about is just to – make it more sleek and and that way commercial commercial accounts will view us more professionally as opposed to like oh like that abbott lawn care guy does a good job you know it's like yeah have you heard of lawn pal they do a great job so as opposed to you know austin and that's really why i tried to to change the name is because people would call me and uh you know they'd be like they would they wouldn't know the name of my company they just call me austin okay yeah so if someone wanted to start a business right now, what do you, what do you think, like out of your experience since you were 16 years old, like, what is the best form of marketing that you can do to put yourself out there or put your name out there? Yeah, really just utilize. I mean, it depends on the business and your target audience. Um, if you're, you're shooting for like the younger audience and stuff, uh, or like you're starting up one of those like drop shipping things, definitely use Instagram. But what, like what is the target audience for a, a lawn care business? Like, I, I really want to know that. Oh, it's just homeowners, um, homeowners. So any, anybody from the really just out of college, a couple years out of college, um, people who are renting out houses as well. Um, that's an interesting way of, of uh, marketing because you just get in contact with the owner of the house. And every time there's a new tenant in that house for whatever the lease long lease is a year or whatever, you know, you're, you're guaranteed that work because they have to maintain the lawn. So but anyways, back to your question on like what my advice would be. Um, I would say the, the, the biggest thing for me and what I've seen is people will like plan out their business or whatever, and they'll just spend all this time planning. But like you really just have to get started um, as scary as it might be. Just go out there, go door to door if you have to. And or just, you know, post on really anything. Have your If, if you have parents that will post on, like, your Facebook neighborhood page um, as far as, like, lawn care goes or anything like that, that will be very helpful, and you'll get some jobs here and there. And, and you know. I, yeah, I really don't understand, like, why people aren't afraid to start. Like, everyone is – they a lot of people, they have a 9 to 5. Then if you just have a 5 to 10, like, where you're doing something like this, then isn't that better because you're chasing something, like, you're actually passionate about? Yeah, that and also like you don't have to listen like you don't have a boss. That's yeah, exactly. Like don't you love working for yourself? Like was that like one of your ultimate goals growing up? Oh yeah, I had done several uh business ventures prior to this, um like lemonade stands. Oh, really? Yeah, that was my that was one of my earliest things that I really You know, I used to I I would go like I I still do this. I literally go door to door and then I just ask people, "Can I can I mow your lawn for I get like $20 an hour?" and then they all say yes. Well, is that something you did in the beginning? Um, no, I, I actually, I think I maybe knocked on like a couple of doors, but oh really? <laughs> that's not that wasn't my primary thing originally. Um, it was really just through social media, man. And next door app was very crucial because so I'm just next- thinking about this right now. Like, if you legit like go to a neighborhood and you knock on every single door and they all say yes, like, can you book a contract that way, or does it like not work like that? Um. It depends. So the, the HOA contract that I was telling you about, the whole neighborhood is all rentals and they're owned by one guy. Is he, he, He's like a multi-billionaire. His name's David Weekly. 
And he's got all these like home builder companies that he owns. And so he just built this whole neighborhood. And so I, I just happened to get the contract. Um, I got it through giving a, a guy a free hat. I just gave a guy a free hat one day. And his wife was like the property manager of this place. And then I, Oh really? Yeah. So it ended up working out that way. So like, there's just a lot of different, you know, wait, what happened to our free hats? I thought we were getting hats. (laughs) Uh, I have to, I'd have to ship them out to you guys. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, but he's, you're making a new logo though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the new logo completely finished yet. He's, he's my, the graphic design guys will finish it up this week. Gotcha. What's the what's the concept for the new logo? Oh, uh, the concept is uh, so we're coming up with a new, completely new typeface, um, which is basically like font size, like font, the way the font looks, basically. And so that'll, I don't know. I'm kind of giving them a little bit of free roam with it, but I we talked, you know, just about like the brand and how we see the brand in the future and everything, uh, you know, the vision of the company. And the purpose statement, which is uh, finding joy through serving others, is the purpose statement of the business. Um, Because when you're in service to others, there's like a there's like a satisfaction that comes with it, you know, as just doing something. um, Really, anything not in the service based industry, I feel like anybody can really not feel like they have a purpose, you know. Because it's like a feeling of fulfillment, just giving back, I guess. That, yeah, and it's completion-based work. So that, that both of those, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Devin, do you, did you ever do that? Like, did you ever, like, knock on someone's door and just, like, do you want to, like, shovel snow and stuff? Actually, yeah, I did exactly that. So uh, this past school year, uh, two of my friends, we were waiting for a big snowstorm to come because we knew one was going to come. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, we're going to get so much snow, so much snow. And so we were like, okay, let's try to make some money off of this. And so um, what we did was everyone came over to my house the day that it was snowing a lot. And um, I have a snowblower, and they brought shovels and stuff. So we had a bunch of shovels and a snowblower. Uh, and we just – the first thing was I went to my neighbor, and I was like, hey, can I – like my friends and I are going to come o- like come over to your driveway. Can we – shovel your driveway for like i think it was like 80 bucks or 90 bucks uh and he was like yeah sure so we did that he ended up upping it to 120 so we made 40 dollars each off of that uh and then my other friend had two this one guy had um his driveway he wanted us to shovel and his friend's driveway uh, and they were both right across from each other so we went over to that street and i think each of us ended up making like 90 dollars that day over like four and a half hours of work and so yeah, so that was that was really fun, and you know the paycheck at the end was nice too. It's like we enjoyed doing it too. It was just like you know we're just like messing around, but we did get the work done. So that kind of stuff is fun to do. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, we don't have snow unfortunately in Texas or very often, um, so we don't we don't have to deal with that over here. Where are you guys at, by the way? Jersey. Jersey. Okay, Jersey. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's very snowy up there. Yeah, very few <laughs> now though. Jersey. I'm just. Always Austin, can you uh, can you expand into like you you talked about you had so many previous business ventures before going full in on your lawn care business? Like, can you expand into those ventures? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so uh, let me see what my first one was. I think it was yeah, lemonade stands when I was younger. Um, I didn't really think of the money or the financial aspect of things. 
um, originally. I just really just enjoyed the exchange of, um, you know, a good and then you, you know, you see the customer light up or whatever. Yeah, because I, I remember like when I was researching things about this episode, like there was things about uh, like how like you were reselling candy or like you were reselling uh, clothes or Pokemon cards, things like that. Right. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did sell candy at school and stuff. And then I branched into like selling sodas, too, because, you know, people wanted a drink to go with the candy bar. And so I would do these deals and stuff and you know, you buy one for a dollar and then you get the other one like 50% off. But, you know, I'd still be making a hundred percent markup on that because the soda cans were only like 48 cents a pop at the time. And, you know, the candy bars were like, you know, 50 cents, 60 cents. And so I'd still be making a hundred percent markup on the products and it wouldn't take up any extra room. I just have it in my backpack. And I, you know, I'd still have all my school supplies and stuff. Oh, there. really? That, that's, yeah, I, I did something similar to that. I think I was, uh, so like I bought a bunch of, you know, like those bang energy drinks. Yes. So I bought literally like a hundred of those. Right. And then I would bring like 25 of them in my backpack. And then I would literally, they, I think they, on average, I think they go for around like $152 each, but because there was no vending machine that was so bang, right? Because like, I'm pretty sure like if the school would call me, I would have been suspended or something. Right. Yeah. So like when I was, when I was selling that, I marked it up to around six, $7 each. And then like, I was literally making a hundred dollars a day just off selling bang energy drinks. Wow. That's and pretty I think, impressive. yeah, like you ever, uh, you remember like those Sprite cranberry ads like years ago, like I think like LeBron was in one of them yes yeah like so i did like i I, what i did i think i caught on to like trends like that like where like i don't know it was just awesome at that time because it was like a drink wasn't really that popular then that happened and then there's like a drink that that was popular and i still don't feel that there's a specific drink that's like really popular now but because of that ad going viral like i think it was made into a meme or something right and then everyone was catching on to it and it was just like a big trend i think of early 2019 i think i was doing the same thing and i was marking it up to the same thing six to seven dollars and i was literally making hundreds of dollars a week in revenue so wow that's that's pretty impressive man that's super cool yeah i i've only met a couple other guys that have done that so we yeah yeah like we had this uh one person on the podcast and she literally she was she ran her own summer camp right so she had 500 kids that she all oversaw from nine to three each day during the summer and she was literally making every two weeks each the parents would pay three thousand dollars a kid so she literally came out of the summer making 150 grand wow yeah that is that's crazy man yeah summer camp i mean yeah you remind me of of her like and of other people i've heard doing those type of things so that's great man Uh, yeah i think it shows you how many like business opportunities are available near everybody like this is stuff that a lot of people could do just like you know shoveling driveways or selling energy drinks or candy bars or anything like that i think yeah like we've never had a generation with as many entrepreneurs as we do now yes yeah yeah and i one thing i would add also to the uh people like maybe not wanting to start their business because they're scared i think it also boils down to like you know if you have if you've got a plan laid out on like how you want to approach something and you're still not starting the business the only reason you wouldn't is, is if you thought that you couldn't you couldn't make any money or you, you thought that you wouldn't be able to figure it out. And so that's also like your self-esteem as well. 
and a lot of people don't have much, especially you know are a good bit younger. And I yeah, think it's very important to instill like in your kids. I think Gary Gary V talks about that kind of stuff a little bit. I yeah, I think it's I think a lot of people when they're starting something new, they're really self conscious about what they're starting. Like if for example, right, there's a lot of YouTubers out there, and then I remember one guy. He said he looked like an idiot when he had 30 subscribers and he was vlogging around school. But because he didn't let that affect him, that's why he is where he is today. And he has like 400K or something right now on YouTube. So I think it's really in large part, not just the, the fact that like they don't think they're going to be successful with it, but like also the, the fact that they think people are going to look are, are going to frown upon them because they're starting something new and they you know, it's not turning out the way they hoped it would. Yeah, the perception of others. You know, I started I had a YouTube channel um and i did daily vlogs for like 100 days or something in my soft or freshman year of high school and yeah i got made fun of a little bit but or actually quite a bit just you know people like oh you know what this stupid channel you know all this stuff and you know i eventually just got to a place of just not caring what others thought but part of that was because i took the risk and you know started uploading all these youtube videos that i knew people would be talking about and so that was that's what helped me actually like with like editing and editing videos. And it's helped me a lot now because I can edit a lot of things quicker as opposed to paying somebody to do it. So, so how exactly did you develop that mentality? Because I remember when we first started the podcast and I, it was, it was really, it was just terrible. Right. It was literally like, I go back and watch these episodes. Like Devin, have you ever like went back and watched Richard Ed Poor Dad, like our episode one from November of 2020, you ever watched that again? It was not it. And then, no, like, I thought it was great at the time, right? But it is, when you look back at it now, it's, like, the worst thing I've ever heard, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember, like, after I released the episode, and then, like, we didn't really get a, a lot of positive. We got a lot of negative feedback, actually, around, like, our first three to five episodes or so. And then we started hitting our stride, like, once we got 10, 15 plus or something. And then I remember there was, like, a time where, like, I, I thought I was going to, like, end this podcast. Like, I was thinking about quitting it because it was just not turning out the way I hoped it would. And then, you know, there was like a lot of outside noise there. And I guess how you developed that mentality, like that, that is really something I wish I had from the start. Like, how did, how did you exactly forge that, that drive, that ambition, like just, like just blocking everything out and just continuing on your craft? Yeah. I think that there's a lot of like factors that go into that, but I would say my primary thing was like growing up, I didn't, ever really subscribed to a particular friend group i was just kind of friends with everybody and so like i was cool with the popular kids i was cool with like you know the nerdy types and i just kind of like just always had an interest that like appealed to those people in every single friend group you know and so uh since i've always been that i guess you could say like a creative type um and being able to get along with so many people like, even when I was getting made fun of, it was always, like, the mentality of, like, I'm going to prove you wrong, you know? And I think that that's really what kept driving me was, like, you know, I'm going to show you, like, you're laughing at me now, but, you know, you won't be laughing in the future. And part of that was, like, I, I mean, I I don't know why I, I, I thought that, but, you know, that's what kind of drove me originally. And now it's kind of more so of, like, just, you know, I, I don't do it out of that reasoning now, but I think part of it is just like, you know, I've established that I can make money with this. And so it's like, I'm having fun with it. So let's just keep scaling. Um, so I think originally, yeah, it was just like, a, the, I'm going to show you type mentality what that drew that drove me and just caused me to not really care about what people thought anymore. 
I think, oh, like that prove them wrong mentality? Yeah. Yeah, like that's like the same mentality you have like after a breakup, right? Like I remember I think we talked about that like last <laughs> time we talked, right? And then yeah, you just yeah, like want revenge and then you're just like I break having a breakup is like gotta be like one of the biggest motivators out there. For sure, yeah. I mean that's why people start going to the gym and stuff. Yeah, because like what what you're saying like right now, and like, people are saying, Oh yeah, like you gotta like prove them wrong, right? But like in after a relationship, like let's say you break up with someone, then you literally have like a direct person to prove wrong because you know what they say success is the best revenge mm-hmm. yeah definitely for sure Devin, do you feel that way yeah for sure i mean like especially when someone doubts you and is like oh like they're ridiculing you and they're like oh like you can't do this like why are you even trying to do this this is like a bad idea whatever whatever and you just have to like stick through it you know a lot of people get discouraged by that but really if everyone got discouraged at people telling them like oh you can't do this then we wouldn't have anything good in this world really at all so you know it's like it's, a, it's about persevering and then once you show them like um like this is what i've done this is like all my stuff you don't even need to prove it to them anymore but they'll be begging they'll be, they'll be begging for you basically so it's just yeah. a, really i think it's re- it's i i think a lot of people i think it really takes time to develop that mentality i don't think that's something that you just like that just people have i think it, it's really i don't know I, I feel like it just takes such a long time because just everyone i think in human nature everyone cares what others think to an extent like even if people say they don't i feel that they they somewhat do because that's just how we as people are wired but to develop that mentality like that you you just don't give a fuck like a mentality like i I think that's extremely it it, i for me i I think it took around two three years or so like i don't i I still don't think i've developed that mentality fully austin have you or oh i mean you know i'm still it's always a work in progress, but I think that like, it's, like there's, there's case situations where I think you should care what other people think, but you know, there it's, it's all about like blocking out what people are saying for things that you, that actually matter. If that makes I, sense. I think the people who do matter, I think those are the ones that you have to make sure, like you should care what they think, but people that yeah. serve no relevance to you or they just don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I, I don't, I really think you should block out all that out. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like all the, the trolls on social media and stuff, you'll probably deal with that every now and then, you know, just like, oh, this, look at this stupid pocket, you know, just things like that. It's like, I, okay. yeah, I never understood people who did that because I, in, in my personal life, I have never met someone who was like one of those commenters who literally comments on YouTube or TikTok or anything like that. And just hates on people's work. Like I've, I really have never met someone like that in person. Maybe they just do that behind the scenes, but I don't know. I, I think that's I crazy to me. I, I've never understood it either. Like, I, I don't even have the time. Like, I don't ever think on a video unless it's, like, very moving to me to comment. Why? Like, yeah, why would like people take time out of their day to hate on someone's work? Like, they're trying. Like, I never understood that. Yeah, I, I never did either. But it's funny, you know, like, in high school, I did know a couple of guys that were like that. And they, you know, they're, they're I'm not, I'm not trying to judge them, but they're not really anywhere at the moment. They're just kind of just chilling. To me, it really, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you mean. I, to me, it really screams insecurity. And I, and I feel that a lot of people, the ones that hate on what you do, I feel like those are the ones that they just see what you're doing and they see that you're taking action in your own life. And then they look back on their own life and then they realize that they've really done nothing at all. And it's, it's easier to hate than to change what their life is. For sure. That's exactly the mindset. And then there's probably a little bit of jealousy too. 
And there's also a little bit of like the fact that they don't think that they can do that. And so they don't want you to succeed. And so they're going to tear you down. I think Gary, I think Gary V talks a lot about, uh, he says there's like two ways to build a tower. You can build it simply just build the tower or you can tear everyone else's down. So you, so then you're the tallest building. And I think that those are the two mindsets that people have. And a lot of it's pretty based on like how people grow up, you know? And so I definitely have a little bit of sympathy for those people that just, just spew hatred, you know, it's like, God. So Devin, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's right. I think definitely there, there's definitely some part of it. that's just like people who grew up around a lot of negativity tend to spew a lot of negativity but you know it's important not to let that negative not to let that negativity affect you and maybe even change their way of thinking if they like your stuff so much at the end of the day you know they might even end up changing the way that they think about whatever you're doing 100% i really do feel that the out, i guess your surroundings they really shape you into who you are like do you guys feel that ex- the experiences you've had in life have really de- shaped you into the person you are today for sure yeah definitely i mean you know, you like for me, like my dad was was more entrepreneurial and minded, but you know, he mm-hmm. was a he was a pastor growing up my whole life pretty much until I was like fourteen, and he then he bought a uh, oil change business. But I think that like it's it's weird that it's interesting that you say that because I was talking with somebody the other day about you know how how social media completely changes the game on that. I would actually argue like you know if if on if you're on Instagram or if you're on YouTube or something like you're exposed to everyone and everyone's lifestyle that's on there. And so like, you know, if you're watching somebody like Gary V or somebody, you know, that's business oriented, like you're going to tend to start to think that way. And so I think social media just has, has a total knife like in the road or fork in the road, as opposed to like used to is like whatever your parents were, you you essentially just subscribe to. And and I think that it's a totally different game now. Yeah, I really think that the more you watch of someone, like, the more you become of that person. Like, we literally had a guy on, like, literally, like, 40 minutes ago or so. And you ever hear of Andrew Tate? Yes. Like, this alpha mount. Yeah, yeah. So, he sounds – he literally sounds like Andrew Tate because of how much Andrew Tate he watches. He doesn't necessarily, like – have all the same values as Andrew Tate. No, but he doesn't. Yeah, of course, he does not have the same <laughs> values, but literally he sounds the exact same as Andrew Tate. He called himself Indian Andrew Tate. That is very interesting. Yeah, yeah so, the, so I mean, mm-hmm. part of that is, you know, he's just trying to basically copy and be like exactly like the guy. So do you feel that you've become more like Gary Vee the more you've watched Gary Vee? Uh, I actually don't watch him much anymore. I did for like two years in high school. Um, just cause he was so positive and I was dealing with like a lot of negativity around me, you know, people just saying, I can't do this. And, I'm, and I would say like, why? And then th- they just wouldn't have a reason it's just cause they said that I couldn't do that. So, it, so that's, that's, I, I watched him a lot through there, but I think, you know, there's, you have to have originality in, in something. Otherwise you end up just becoming, you know, such a copy that it's, you don't enjoy it anymore. Like, I feel like you get to, you could get to a point of that. Like, it's, it's very interesting you talked about that Andrew Tate guy and that, that dude that happened to watch him is, is basically him now. That's hilarious. I I didn't – honestly, I did not – when Andrew – like, Andrew Tate's like a kickboxer, right? Like, I didn't even know he who he was until he, he presented himself as some, like, alpha 
male guru type. No, right? me neither. Like I didn't know everyone I know who's heard of Andrew Tate. They have not heard about him from kickboxing. They have heard about him from alpha male stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't either, honestly. I just been seeing him recently. Like, I got TikTok and everything. I've been seeing him. He, on he's like always. He's everywhere. Like, <laughs> did you did you see what he said about CPR? Nah. He's like he's like if you're ugly, I'm not giving you CPR. But if you're hot, I'll give you CPR. <laughs> that's like a viral clip on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's his advice is interesting. I think. Questionable. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just like seeing through all like the bullshit he says, though, like I feel like there is some truth to what he says. Oh, he, for sure. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of truth in it. There's definitely a lot of truth in it. But like when he, when he'll go over like case oriented things, it's like, you know, sometimes I'm like, dude, I don't even think that's the best way to approach it. But if you want to go for it, <laughs> I think that like with guys like that, though, like if you, where you see guys like Andrew Tate or you see people like David Goggins or you see people like Gary V, there's a persona about them that makes people think like oh yeah that guy is literally crazy but the thing is is that there's so much truth behind what they're saying it's just it's i guess it's overshadowed by the sense that people feel that their whole persona is crazy yeah i think like some perfect example that's kanye west yeah I, i'm actually a you know a pretty decent fan of him just because of how you know he articulates things and he says things that are so outside of the box that you're like whoa wait hold up but when you re-listen to it again it's like there's some truth in that you know. Yeah. It's all about finding value in what other people are doing and like what they're saying. Yeah. And it's you know, you don't have to agree with everybody on everything, but if you just like take advice, you know, from everybody and filter it in your, you know, way of thinking, you know, it's then you can take what you need to and leave what you you know, you don't need to carry on. I that's honestly like why I love watching stand up comedians so much because I feel that they serve like a, an amazing purpose in society because when you're watching a stand-up comedy show, you're I guess you let your guard down or like you know how people are so sensitive nowadays like you let that sensitivity guard down just a little tad bit and what they say like even though it's funny there's like a lot of truth to that and then it just adds a new perspective and then you get to I guess you get to realize especially with like the digital age of the internet you realize that a lot of people like you're not just like, let's say you're going through something, a lot of people are also going through the same things. And you're able to realize this because of the internet, because of stand-up comedians who make jokes about it. And then you just realize how pivotal of an issue it is. that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I just was, uh, I actually just updated the numbers. Sorry, I was calculating them here. No, you're good. Uh, yeah. Here, but yeah, we've done, it's actually two. 237,000, not 207. Oh, wow. So So what's your big goal in the next 10 years? Oh, in the next 10. I think that we could scale up in the next five years. We could scale up probably to a million in revenue a year in the next uh, five. And that would just be with, you know, you just need like 10 guys working for you with five trucks. Because each truck should yield you about 200K in revenue. And we're still like booking out this one truck, and so this year we're planning on doing about one hundred and forty five, hundred and fifty thousand in revenue, um, and then profit margins will probably, assuming they keep going the way they are, they'll probably be about sixty five percent. So, wow, that's great. The past years, so oh yeah, here, here's a couple more numbers. 
um, as we're wrapping things up. But in 2019, um, my profit margin was 75%. And in 2020, it was 68%. Um, and I was solo the first year, the second year I wasn't. Um, but I had bought, you know, my uh, riding mower that year and a, you know, a trailer. I had bought the truck that year. So there's a lot of expenses. But in 2021, we were 75% profitable. Um, and that's still because I'm, I'm in the day-to-day operations. But had I have, like, you know, hired somebody to take over my spot, that margin would be at, like, 50% probably just because I'm not – I'm basically – I'm free labor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. So. Dev, you have anything to add? No, I think that's it. I think I asked all my questions. Awesome. Do you have anything to add? No, I'd just say, you know, um, if, if does this podcast mainly skew to, like, teenagers? No, it's uh, more people in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, I would just say, you know, if, if anybody's got, like, a 9 to 5 or something or just a job they don't enjoy and they've always had the aspiration to start up a business, you know, feel free to contact me on Instagram. It's just Lon Pal. Um and I can give you some insight on just some businesses based on regionally, like where you're based and, um, and help you out that way. But, you know, just realize that, you know, we're all in this together and just because somebody's in the same industry or in a different industry doesn't mean that they can't help somebody else. So like, feel free to reach out to really anybody and just take advice from all kinds of people and, and, uh, and you can just get, get somewhere. Cause I like, in the lawn care industry specifically, I have people that I look up to that I know personally. And I have people that like have literally copied the exact same setup I have. Uh, he moved to Idaho recently and me and him go all the back and forth all the time and, and chat it up. His name's Josh and he's got the same mower I've got same basic, same trailer, same push mower, like everything. And he just copy and pasted it in Idaho. And I think he's doing like 60 to 70,000 this year or something. So, and so, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Like there's no reason to look at somebody like that as competition, you know, help them out because they're not affecting you in any way, you know, and and it also provides you with an outlet to like vent somebody else about a situation that they could relate to. And so just building connections with other people and in whatever industry you want to get in is going to be very helpful for you to bounce ideas off of and anything of that nature. So, Got it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, remember the name, guys. Lawn Pal is going to be a household name in 10 years or so, right? Five years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure to, to keep it in your brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>